advice I would give is you don't have to start a weekly show. Start with a monthly show. Batch record a couple and maybe have six ready to go so that if anything else comes up, start off a little bit slower paced and see what your results are, what your metrics are, and you can build a strategy from there. But there's a lot of different things you can do. And I think starting it and getting it off the ground is almost the hardest challenge. And just being able to keep it consistent and being able to tell those stories in a different format, test it out. Like what's the worst that could happen? Hey, welcome to the Higher Ed Storytelling University podcast on the EdUp Experience Podcast Network. This is a show dedicated to helping higher ed marketers tell better stories, create better content, and enroll more students. My name's John Azoni. I'm the founder at Unveiled, and we're a video production company working specifically with college marketing teams to make it easy for them to scale up and even automate their student and alumni success stories through our subscription approach. And you can learn more about that at unveiled.tv, and that's U-N-V-E. EILD.TV. If you're listening to this podcast for the first time, uh, go ahead and subscribe. We'd love to have you. And if you're wanting your college or university's content to resonate on a deeper emotional level with prospective students, with alumni, with parents, whatever, I want you to subscribe to my free newsletter. Every week I send out tips and insights on creating more emotionally resonant content, including examples and best practices from other institutions, articles and blog posts, that week's podcast episode, and much more. So head over to unveiled.tv slash newsletter and sign up. All right, let's get on with the show. My guest today is Kate Young. Kate is the host, writer, and producer of This Is Purdue, an award-winning podcast that highlights exciting stories of innovative boilermakers and shares them with a global audience. And today we're taking you sort of behind the scenes of This Is Purdue and its impact on the university's brand and we'll probably talk about a bunch of other stuff but Kate welcome to the show thank you I am so excited I was telling you before this I have been listening to your show and a a couple episodes to prep for this and I'm really excited to be here cool um well so we always start with a little icebreaker um so tell tell us something that uh, people would be surprised to know about you okay so the first part of this is that I feel like it's timely and relevant right now. Um, I'm a huge Swifty. I was born two days before Taylor Swift, December 15th, 1989. Wow. Um, grew up listening to her music, just absolutely love her. Got the chance to go to her Eras tour um, in June. So, cool. but. But the main part of why I'm telling you that too is because I've always been into pop culture I love reality dating shows, The Bachelor franchise, Love is Blind, all that good stuff. So I actually started a hobby podcast with one of my friends and a a former coworker who worked with me in news back in the day. And being able to learn the inner workings of how podcasting uh, works and how you promote a show and the consistency of getting it out every week um, and just all of the things that you learn behind the scenes. I taught myself how to edit Um, So now when I'm in a pinch, I can quick edit. This Mm -hmm. is Purdue if I have to. Um, But just learning, you know, as a as a hobby and as a a fun kind of um, side gig actually led me to getting this job at Purdue University. So I hope that story helps um, if anyone out there is thinking about starting a podcast, do it, because even if it doesn't, you know, lead to lots of money or fame, um, it can lead to other really cool things. That's awesome. So we are big Swifties at the Azoni household. Yes. Um, Yay. (laughs) 
uh, I have to cut my I two daughters, eight and six years old. They are huge Taylor Swift fans, and I have to cut them off. They want to listen every <laughs> every trip anywhere to the grocery store. It's Taylor Swift, and I'm like, I cannot listen to these songs another time. <laughs> you probably memorized them by now. Pretty much, I am usually. You know how you like like you you're on like TikTok and you like memorize the the memes and stuff yes, like, and you're like yes. saying them throughout the day. That's Taylor Swift songs for me. I'm just like. <laughs> and then like making up funny versions of the that's exactly my husband does the same thing like i think he's not listening but really in reality how could he not be listening because i'm always blasting it and then he'll come up with his own version all of a sudden i'm like so you do like taylor swift yeah yeah so we got a we just got a uh, a puppy she's a mini golden doodle and um she's a therapist she's in training right now to be a therapy dog my my wife is a um is a trauma therapist um so i say that because we had to name her and um my daughter's got to pick the middle name and of course uh, her so her full name is mabel swifty azoni (laughs) (laughs) i love it i need to meet your daughters (laughs) yeah they're yeah uh so so yeah um kindred spirits over here yeah i love it (laughs) um and i'm super into love is blind like i am more into that show than a human should be (laughs) i i agree i think there's a new new uh series coming out soon or a new season i should say so i'm looking forward to that yeah we watched the brazil one oh which is all dubbed in american which is really it takes some getting used to um but uh anyway (laughs) <laughs> we could talk about love is blind. All, all that could be a whole nother episode. Anyways, it, it really um, could. Uh, so it is. It is Valentine. I didn't prep you with this part because I wanted to. Sur- <laughs> I wanted this, oh this to be a uh, impromptu <laughs> thing. It's Valentine's Day when we're re- recording this, and I bought my oldest daughter Ellie. I bought her part of her Valentine's Day was a Would You Rather Valentine's book. I usually buy the kids like a book plus candy and other stuff. So there's, I pulled out two would you rather Valentine's related questions and uh, let's see which side of the coin you fall on. Okay. Uh, so Kate, would you rather eat a box of tuna flavored Valentine's chocolates or a bunch of lollipops that taste like sour rotten milk? These are obviously questions formulated for kids. So <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to go with the tuna flavored chocolates. The, the suckers would take a while, would like be in your mouth for a while and you'd have that taste. Whereas the chocolates, I think I could quick try to down them and get it over with. Yeah, I think tuna and chocolate has a better chance of being a good combination than sour milk and anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah that's what I'm going with. Yeah, good choice. Okay. Uh, and then lastly, would you rather have a heart-shaped head and never be able to wear a hat again? Or would you rather have a uh, or a heart shaped or heart shaped feet and never be able to wear shoes again? <laughs> Definitely going with the heart shaped head because I don't really wear hats anyway. I feel like hats are sometimes hard to pull off, and so I'm gonna keep my shoes and my shoe game going <laughs> and avoid hats. That's fine with me. Okay. And you're free to use any of these questions on your podcast. I mean, this is, feel free to take inspiration from, you know, how this episode has started here. (laughs) I think that could really throw off 
the guests and I'm, yeah. I'm here for, I might be here for that. Like what, what is their reaction to that? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So give us a broad overview of uh, the podcast. Yeah. So this is Purdue is the official university podcast. So um, we are, are doing shows and episodes around all different topics related to Purdue. Purdue's very into engineering, heavy STEM focus. Um, you know, we have all different types of programs, the College of Liberal Arts, um, athletics is huge. We're part of a massive Big Ten school that loves uh, all things athletics. So sometimes mm -hmm. we focus our episodes around that and, and tell stories around some of our athletic-centered um guests and coaches and players. So um, it's a variety of topics, but the whole goal is really to tell these incredible stories that are coming out of Purdue University. Um, and I know we'll touch on some of those here soon, but it's really, you know, it's brand awareness. It's it's getting it out there on social media so that people know the podcast exists, right? A lot of times we hear, I didn't know Purdue had a podcast. I'd be interested in that. So making sure with that consistency, getting it out, um, on schedule, on time, and again, like using that, all the amazing, you know, social media accounts and presence that we have on social with alumni and other fans to promote it and let people um, know that, that the show exists and this level of, of storytelling and this format exists for them to hear more about Purdue and what we're doing here. Cool. And you told us a little bit already um, in the, in our uh an intro question here, but how did you arrive at being the host of This Is Purdue? Yeah, I've had quite a journey. I, I graduated from Purdue in 2012. I was part of the College of Liberal Arts, so uh, proud um, Boilermaker myself. And I uh, started in news. So I was in a newsroom. I was a producer um, back when, you know, Social media, you'd post once a day on Facebook. Instagram didn't exist, uh, dating yeah. myself. But um, so lots People of writing, um, a little bit of, <laughs> yeah, you post on your wall. Post it and, on your wall. And, you know, brands, <laughs> brands had like, what, 500 people maybe liking them at the time. So yeah. um, it was, yeah, it was quite a, quite a journey. I did a little bit of on-air work as well. Um, and then I got... Um, you know, the news stability um, of, of local news isn't, you know, what it used to be. So decided to branch off. I got into public relations. Um, I did some sports marketing for IndyCar, uh, different sports around Indianapolis. So that was really fun and exciting, lots of traveling. Um, and then I decided to try my hand at uh, a startup opportunity that came my way. So really small company, um, and it was all professional podcasting and B2B-based podcasting. So that was when I first came into the professional world of podcasting. Um, then, like I said, I started that hobby show, knowing that I kind of knew how to start a podcast, so why not try it myself? Um, and then I got a LinkedIn message one day from Purdue, and they said, hey, we're hiring a host for this, this official university podcast. Are you interested? Um, and the, re the rest is history, but yeah, I would say LinkedIn is obviously very important. And John, I know you're on there a lot, but um, having a presence and, and being in the podcast space kind of at an earlier time has, has really been beneficial when I think about like finding my niche and, um, you know, even like your personal brand, just posting as much as you can. Um, I really think that helped me 
you know, get this opportunity at Purdue and I've been here three years now. That's awesome. That's such a cool, cool journey. Yeah. I, I love, I love being on LinkedIn. Um, and I love just like the community that's, that's building. I, I honestly never, I actively did not want to start a podcast. Like <laughs> when I, when I, when I left the previous company I was working at and started unveiled my, uh, boss at the previous company was a huge podcaster. He's got, he's got a couple of big ones. He was always, he was always interviewing somebody. I'm like, that sounds exhausting. I'm an introvert. I, I do not want that to be my marketing story. And then I just <laughs> kind of stumbled into it. I was like, well, I'll just, I have this storytelling presentation that I do. So I was like, I'll just record the audio of it. And then, um, uh, sent, have a reason to send that to people, you know, for cold outreach. And then I was like, okay, that was actually kind of fun. I'll write another episode. And, and it just kind of snowballed from there. But like, I love the, I love the community that, that podcasting, um, has, uh, uh given, you know, me personally, I think it's, uh, I've made so many, um, rich, rich relationships with, with people in higher ed and people outside of higher ed. Um, and just to have a platform for people to come on, um, is it's a it's a very powerful tool when you can when you can um, build it up to be to have a little bit of momentum just the the effect on like the community uh, in your life i think you know if nothing else is very strong yes absolutely agree quick break here to dispel a myth that myth is this if you already have an internal videographer or video team at your college, then it doesn't make sense for us to work together. Now, you may be expecting me to say, oh, that's a myth, it's not true. Well, actually, in some cases, it is true. If you maybe have a robust video team, multiple people manning multiple different stations and operations, and you're telling stories, and, and when your marketing team has an idea for a video, you can get that pushed through the video team relatively quickly, like you're not going to be waiting around for months and months for them to get to that project in the queue. That's a perfect case where you're probably good. God bless you. Go take on the world. But maybe you're one of these schools where budgets are a little tighter. Roles are combined. Your social media manager is also your content creator. Those are two separate jobs, by the way. Well, that's what my friend Shar, who at the time we recorded this, uh, she was doing both for the institution she works at. She was the social media manager and the videographer and the photographer. Since recording this with her, they've actually moved her into a full-time videographer, photographer, content creator role. And for her sake, I'm super pumped for her. But I'm going to let her tell you about her experience with our video storytelling subscriptions and how partnering with us in addition to the internal video work she was already doing helped her be able to focus on the many other priorities that she had. So here's Shar. The video subscription idea was a real godsend for me. It's been kind of life-changing in a way. <laughs> I don't know if that's too uh, strong of a statement. On a couple of different levels, as a social media manager, it was really fantastic to have this entire campaign, if you will, of student testimonials. I know that for my channels, I'm going to get a new video every single month. There's a lot of content to produce and not a lot of content creators here. So having somebody who can take that portion off my plate, it's, it's allowed me a little bit of room to breathe and maybe focus on some other projects. Not only do you get a fully edited testimonial, you also get a delivery of all of the B-roll that was taken of that student. For instance, we have this Culinary Institute 
And one of the projects we wanted to do is to create uh, just a short little video connected to a QR code uh, that on all the little chocolates that we that we give out in the restaurant or if they make chocolates for a special event or for our board members or for any meetings or graduation, they can scan this QR code and up pops this video of some like really beautiful slow-mo hands making chocolate and that sort of thing. And I was able to go into this B-roll and find some fantastic shots of one of our students who did a testimonial creating these bonbons and creating cakes and you've got the batter going and you've got the chocolate drizzling. So I know that I'm going to be able to take that footage, resize it, I can, I can resize it vertically if I need it, I can resize it into a one by one if I need it, uh, I can color grade it however I need to fit my needs and I really don't have to travel across the state to our culinary institute to do a whole new shoot because I've got that B footage at my hands. So really, that's something that I could sit down, edit for a couple of hours, have it done, and check it off the list, which is fantastic. So if you'd like to get like Shar and bring in an outside partner like Unveiled, you can go to unveiled.tv and book a call with me. That's U-N-V-E-I-L-D.tv. All right, back to the show. Um, so... Uh, tell me how the the podcast fits into Purdue's marketing strategy because I'm thinking about like uh, I know of schools that want to start a podcast. Um, I know of schools that are like we should start a podcast, but um, we're not gonna anytime soon. Um, so like what 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 is like the business case for this is Purdue in terms of how it fits into the brand's strategy? Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that, you know, we've really honed in on over the past three years is is the strategy behind the podcast and why it matters and who's listening and who's accessing it, right? Um, but, you know, we have we have all these amazing writers. So we have the writing team creating these stories for our persistent pursuit page, which is the premier, you know, storytelling um, place where alumni can go, Purdue fans can go, parents of students can go, their students can go there and read these stories. But then, you know, when you boil it all down, you have the podcast, which is, of course, different than listening, um, or I'm sorry, than reading an article or reading a social media post, right? Um, you can hear the guests, you can hear the nostalgia in their voice, or maybe the excitement or the sadness or the vulnerability. It's just a different experience than, you know, reading an article. So a lot of times, though, part of the strategy is, did this story do really well on our on our main website? Is this something that we could turn into a podcast? So creating all of those different avenues of content, um, you know, we we gauge too on the podcast, if this episode did really well, could it also be a written piece that we tell in six months when there's new updates to the story and then we share it on social media or we create YouTube videos? Um, so just really piecing together the content strategy as a whole and finding the right people from Purdue to tell those stories too is, is a big part of it. But again, it's, it is about brand awareness. It's about um, letting people know there's all these little things going on that even myself as an alumni, I don't always know about or, you know, I want to tell people about. Um, so that's really where where the podcast comes in. And I'm thankful that, you know, the marketing department has, you know, just really bought in into podcasting. And again, in a in a time when brands and companies are kind of 
testing out a podcast strategy, we were in it early. We started it in 2020. So um, mm. knowing that we've been able to grow, we just hit 100 episodes a couple weeks ago. So there's been some really exciting growth and really good, like, just feedback and stories that we that we hear about the podcast that we know it's 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 worth it and that it's working. Yeah. Yeah, it's and it's it's a really um unique platform. The idea that um someone uh will choose to just sit and listen to a, such a long conversation. Like yes. there that's that's really like that sort of Netflix effect in play. Um where like if you got a show like Love is Blind or whatever, like you're going to commit to it. You're going to say, I'm going to watch this show and you're going to just keep watching and watching until you burn out. Um, but like, I mean, podcasts, maybe not that bingeable, but like what a what a privilege it is to have built a platform where people want to sit and listen to you and a guest talk for a very extended period of time. Like no other marketing is, is like that. I mean, we, we're, we're so um, focused on, you know, me in being in the video world, I, we're so clients are so focused on like creating short stuff. Like they're, yep. they're always, yep. they're always fighting against like the enemy is people's short attention spans, but they don't give enough credit to like context and how like I actually will not, listen to a podcast if it's too short like if i go really? if i go to, if i go to an episode and it's like 10 minutes long i'm like mm -mm. i i really want i don't want to be interrupted in 10 minutes to then switch topics i want to really sink into something sure. for a long time and that's different than if i'm on linkedin or facebook or whatever and i'm scrolling i don't i don't necessarily i'm yeah. not committing i'm most likely not clicking on your link to go read your blog um right <laughs> it's no, just a that's really super, interesting yeah yeah that's super interesting too because i've been kind of thinking through some of our episodes are 25 minutes and some of them are 55 they're almost an hour our, our 100th episode was over an hour so i've been like should i be leaving more on the cutting room floor should i be focusing on you know what i think our audience will think is interesting or should i just let the guests talk and play out exactly you know, their thoughts and their stories. And really I've been leaning more towards not cutting too much and having the guests have this platform to tell the full story and not, you know, cut anything too short or, you know, place edits just, just to kind of place them. So mm -hmm. I like that you said that. <laughs> yeah. Well, for people listening too, I mean, it's just, just anecdotally, um, you know, I know there's there are podcasts in the higher ed space that are very much to the point, and I think that those serve a a, a great deal of value. Um, there are other podcasts that really meander, and you might you might th think like, "Wow, if I tried that, like people would be really bored." But like, for example, um, meanders meanders a pejorative word. That's not what I mean. But like, for example, jo Josie Alquist has. Um, her podcast is uh, Josie in the podcast, and she interviews higher ed marketing leaders. And my favorite part about listening to her podcast is the off topic stuff that happens because she's always asking. I emailed her recently. I was like, I have never listened to a podcast where I'm like, I'm like one minute getting like really good, like value about like how to do social media. And the next minute I'm like, I should call my mom just to, you know, to say hi, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's like, it's this oh, emotional ride, you know? And I'm like, I love it. I'm like in my wood shop, just 
listening and I've just, I love, I love the meandering, you know, and I think we don't give enough credit to podcasts being an opportunity to just be a real conversation and not be like, you know, we got to keep them listening. We got to keep them listening. We got to worry about the drop-off point, you know? Yeah. I, I, and I've yeah, just grown I, to like it. not worry about it. Yeah. I, I recently had an interview with, um, she's the HR director at Ford Motor Company and she's a Daniels School of Business alumna at Purdue. And I was kind of like opening up to her about all the different job career struggles for lack of a better word that I've had or like I've gotten laid off I've had agencies that went under because they were mismanaged I've had this and that and then she gave me personal advice but I put that in the episode because I'm like this is advice for everyone she didn't just Mm -hmm. just mean me right she's like your failures are what shape you and just this really great um like topical incredible advice that I was like even though people don't need to know my journey necessarily, I cut that out. Um, <laughs> she shared advice that that would resonate with so many people. So that's yeah. that's a good little uh, thing that I just a story I just thought of when you said that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, so thinking about uh, thinking about a smaller school with maybe a smaller centralized marketing department. Uh, why might this format of storytelling be worth considering? Because Purdue does a lot of big, I mean, you guys are like no small cookie or whatever. <laughs> I don't know what the phrase is. I'm trying to, uh, you guys are a big school, you know, and, and, yep. and I think people will get you guys. It's like, okay, but Purdue has a lot of resources and they've got a whole team yep. of writers and things, but like, what would you say to a smaller school? I think, you know, I've talked to other you know, fairly big universities who they have a podcast and that podcast person isn't necessarily um, full-time on the podcast. They're writing other stories. Maybe they're in charge of the, the monthly newsletter or other marketing initiatives. Um, but advice I would give is you don't have to start a weekly show. We don't have a weekly show. It's bi-weekly. Um, it, it comes out every other Thursday. Start with a monthly show. Put, you know, organize and put together 12 episodes, you know, batch record a couple and maybe have six ready to go so that if anything else comes up, if um, team members are on vacation or sick or whatever it may be, um, or you need to allocate allocate resources somewhere else, you can do that. But start off, you know, a little bit slower paced and see how, what your results are, what your metrics are, and, and you can build, you know, a strategy from there. But you can record virtually. You don't have to have all these fancy video setups, all this equipment. Um, you know, some of our best interviews are done with alums who live in California and aren't going to come back to Indiana for the interview, right? So mm-hmm. I think there's a lot you can do. You know, working in startups, I also had all this experience with what are really good options to use when we don't have a lot of money. So Riverside that we're recording on right now, it's like $30 a month. Um Yep. There's different tools that, you know, hobby podcasters use all the time too that don't aren't making a big, you know, salary or have this huge budget. So look into the resources that, you know, there's so many out there that aren't expensive, um, aren't going to eat away at your budget. And then again, start small, test it out, um, te- maybe even use different hosts. You could do an episode on one topic and, you know, maybe a writer who's really interested in athletics is hosting that one. And then 
you take another, you know, marketing employee or communications employee and have them talk about a different topic. So you're not, um, you're not eating up at one staff member's time maybe, but there's a lot of different things you can do. And I think, you know, starting it and getting it off the ground is almost sometimes the hardest challenge and, and just being able to keep it consistent and being able to, you know, tell those stories in a different format, test it out. Like what's the worst that could happen. Another approach I've seen is like a seasonal approach. So Mm -hmm. you have a season come out and then you take three months off, four months, six months, whatever you need to do to organize for the next season. But then your audience also is aware, you know, I'm not going to get this weekly or bi-weekly or monthly on my feed. It's going to drop as a season, such as Love is Blind on Netflix, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, I like the seasonal approach. And I think that that is a real smart way to reduce overwhelm for people because you can you can batch record these um or going monthly or something like that it's it's really um i think it's a lot of the post-production that's 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 hard that that i think i don't i don't know this for sure but i think that that might be the one the thing that scares a lot of people off is like okay i have this episode but then what do I do with it? I got to, you know, get a transcript. I got to, you know, optimize this for social. Yep. I got to do all this stuff. And um, one thing I found that's that was really transformational for me was going on Upwork and hiring uh, two virtual assistants that that um, one yep. uh, one edits the podcast and the other one preps the episode for the editor and kind of like it's like the project manager. Um, so literally like all I do for this episode is have the conversation, write a few notes on like what maybe I'll look out for this part, cut that out or whatever. And that's it. And it just shows up, you know, <laughs> in my, in yeah. my feed every Wednesday. Yeah. It is the best. <laughs> so. Yeah. And I know same with um, like even graphics and in, in my startup life, we found people on, um, now I can't remember. Oh, Fiverr. Fiverr. Yep. And they would create like a graphics template. Um, and so you can just plug and play with the guest headshot and uh, switch out the titles and the episode numbers. But, you know, you don't have that pressure of like, I don't have a designer on the team. You know, you can uh, workshop a couple things and use um, outside resources when when you have to, when it makes sense. Yeah, having I've had I've had uh, freelancers on Fiverr design templates for me in Canva, um, and that's huge. Every proposal that I send out to uh, um, to a, to a client is in is done through Canva um, on a nice, cool designed, branded template yep. that I had that I had made, um, and that just make and everything is just plug and play, just copy and paste. You know, for the podcast, it's the cover image. Uh, in Canva that I that I had designed, and then all I'm doing is changing the title and then popping their headshot in there. And you know, you don't have to um, reinvent the wheel, as they say in the business world. Right, right, <laughs> right. Um, Even uh, my personal podcast, I paid thirty dollars, and they came up with an intro outro song. No, <laughs> uh, like a musician on Fiverr. I mean, it was amazing. Best thirty dollars ever. I like. Just, just taking things off your plate. Uh, there are a lot of resources that you can kind of play around with if you're on a budget. Yeah, Fiverr is one of the best kept secrets. I think that not enough people uh, use for very task oriented things. Um, uh, I've used it f- 
forced so many things. I had I had a a, a virus enter my website uh, at, at one point several years ago, and um, it, it was like it wouldn't work. And I was like, I have no idea where to even start with this because um, <laughs> I'm not a coder or anything. Yeah. I just hired a guy for fifteen dollars in India. Oh. He went in there, boom, 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 done. The next the next morning, I woke up, it was fixed. <laughs> it was it's just the best, best $15 you ever spent right I mean yeah absolutely <laughs> um okay so the Purdue uh research series so I really like this and I I I um am really gravitating lately towards research uh content on you know for schools to be publishing research content because I just personally find it very interesting but tell me about that series and why why is it its own thing yeah, absolutely. So, you know, after a couple years doing going episode to episode, all these various topics, it was kind of discussed like, what can we do with the really, you know, technical STEM based, you know, or not STEM based, honestly, research, the, the really important research that, again, maybe our alumni don't know is happening, maybe, um, media doesn't know is happening on the outside like what are these things that make purdue so unique and special and how how can we highlight that and how can we highlight how purdue's researchers are providing these like practical solutions to the world's toughest challenges how is purdue like for a better i mean for how essentially how are we changing the world so mm -hmm. um we honed in on a couple of our our experts, um, you know, based on university initiatives, what is our, our president, Meng Cheng, really focused on for Purdue and, and our growth? Um, so we came up with four different um, topics. And one of the episodes has two different um, food science professors on it. So we had five different guests total, but we honed in on these topics that are, you know, either really hot in the news or, you know, timely and and you know took it from there so a really good example is purdue's research and education with the semiconductor world you know there's a huge shortage it's being outsourced overseas how can we educate engineers in the u.s in indiana and encourage them to you know get internships go into careers with this semiconductor technology and grow that and really solve that problem um and so that was a great example of actually a shorter episode. So that episode was around 25 minutes mm -hmm. and it was short, succinct, to the point. Um, then some of our other episodes within the series are a bit longer. And we, you know, like you said, kind of talked about different things. Um, uh, one of the professors works on NASA's James Webb Space Telescope. Um, so he, you know, is directly working with NASA on this this massive initiative and he lives in West Lafayette, you know, is a professor yeah. at Purdue and has has his hands in this incredible research. So, um, but he focused a little bit on, we love the West Lafayette, Lafayette community. My wife owns a business here. Um, so kind of more of that, uh, you know, again, like that nostalgia that, that people yeah. can feel are like, yes, I felt the same way when I was at Purdue, that it's a it's a large campus, but it's this community that really supports each other and is so special. And um, we're so glad that, you know, we chose to to come here and work here and be part of this community. So 
there's a lot of different storytelling angles within the research series, but um, the other one was food, food science. Like I said, we had two professors um, who spoke to that. So food safety, sustainability, how they're educating people in countries, you know, that don't know as much about food safety or why are, why are we getting sick from this? Um, mm. And world hunger, how, how can we provide more food as the population keeps growing? Um, and then our last one was on bioarchaeology. So, you know, the ancient Nubians and how they interacted with the ancient Egyptians and more of that um, kind of, you know, if, if you're really into history, you know, that then that would be an episode that appealed to you. But but how those findings and in that research impact how, you know, healthcare is treated today and how, you know, humans and, and different like how we all interact together today mm -hmm. can be learned from that research from all those years ago. So lots of different aspects and components, whatever you might uh, find the most interesting. They all varied immensely. That's really cool. I, I like that. I, I, I listened to the semiconductor uh, episode and uh, I was like, I didn't know what a semiconductor was until uh, until I listened to that. So now <laughs> I, I know how no, I was right are. there with you. Yeah, I was right there with you. I, you know, again, I'm liberal arts. I'm more communication, writing, um, speaking, all of that, all of those yeah. good things. But, um, you know, learning about the importance of semiconductors, like, oh, wow, this is a huge initiative um, that Purdue is is leading and is really at the forefront of and, you know, hearing why it's important. Um, so, yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you listened to that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when we I think like, you know, and when we think about storytelling, I think that um, we often OK, my kids just got home. So if uh if you hear screaming, I'm sorry. <laughs> Yesterday I had my, my youngest, uh, I did an interview and I was, I brought her into my office and I was like, I'm, you are the screaming police. Can you help me? Like, not like, can you make sure nobody in the house is screaming? She did so good. She like took it so seriously. <laughs> um, That's the way to do it, man. You have tricks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah, I think when we think about storytelling, uh, you know, we often think about like social proof stories, the, like student testimonials, alumni testimonials, stuff like that. I think this research series is a good way uh, to kind of blend the two because they're people that are connected to Purdue, right? Um, and, uh, and and I just think there's like such a big opportunity to tell, you know, the stories of 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 world issues. You know, what's um, like what's going on in in the world that that people care about that 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 we want to uh, you know learn about and learn from a through a Purdue lens or whatever your your school's brand is. Um, what's been? I was just curious what what's been the the uh, the response from your audience on the research stuff versus the other episodes. Yeah, you know we we wanted to again stay stay in branding and keep that brand awareness continually. You know continuously being built up. Um, so we didn't tailor too many things, but we did some subtle things. We added some special music. Um, we designated, you know, the graphics had designation that this was the research series. So when you're scrolling through Spotify or any of the other platforms, that was part of the title and it was part of our episodic um, graphics on social media too. So um, 
that was really fun creatively too to work together as a team to think about okay we don't want to shift things a ton this is still part of this is purdue but how can we have these little tweaks that that let our audience know that these episodes are going to be a bit different they're scripted a bit differently um i think there's really cool like feedback that we've seen um just through certain like anecdotal stories so um, I went to podcast movement back in August, the largest podcast conference, um, in the country. And someone came up to me and was like, oh my gosh, I listened to your episode about semiconductors. And mm. I was like, oh, okay. And she's like, yeah, it was, you know, I saw it on LinkedIn and I work for a higher ed company and I work with a lot of student engineers who are, who are interested in, you know, where they can take their career. And so I sent them that episode and said, what have you thought about semiconductors? Or have you thought about an internship with, with a company producing semiconductors or helping, you know, solve some of those issues? So that was really cool. That was the first time that I was like, oh, wow, someone approached me and knew this is Purdue, um, which is always just super special. Yeah. Another really cool story is that one of the guests, um, I, can't, I can't, it's still confidential. So unfortunately I can't share everything, but one of the guests got this really cool opportunity to do it's something. It's Taylor Swift. <laughs> if I had Taylor Swift on the show, oh my gosh. Um, Sorry, the cat's out of the bag. Yeah. It's Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was Taylor Swift. So I'm not telling any secrets, um, yeah. but this guest got this really cool opportunity to do like um, a broadcast opportunity, I should say. And he said that this person Googled and was trying to find the right fit for this and who are we going to feature? And sure enough, our podcast came up. So then he listened mm. to the podcast. So then he heard about, oh, all these students love this professor and, um, you know, he knows X, Y, Z, listen to him talk about on this podcast. This is our guy. This is who we want. And so I yeah. just got that email about a week ago and oh, I was cool. like, this is perfect. You know, like, I know people are focused on metrics and how many listens you have, how many subscribers, what, what can you tell us about that? But those, those stories that like direct feedback that you, you know, it's very rare in podcasting. Right. But like mm -hmm. when those stories do come, it's, it's just painting the perfect picture of why podcasting is important and why, you know, it's such a great brand awareness play. It's a great um, storytelling play. So um, those are a couple of of the stories that recently that that i've heard about yeah i think the the double-edged sword of, of podcasting is is the metrics d um don't really tell the full story um because yeah. if you look at my i mean if you look at my podcast metri metrics like d downloads per episode it looks like not that many people listen but at, but uh, in the real world I've, I'll like reach out to, cause every day I spend, you know, I just try to spend half an hour every day, um, uh, just making new connections and like having meaningful, uh, connections with people on LinkedIn rather than just like LinkedIn knowing people. Um, and on more than one occasion, I've reached out to someone for the first time and they'd be like, Oh, I listened to your podcast. And I'm like, I'm always so surprised. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's like, uh, and once, but yeah, once in a while, you'll get like, I'll get, I had a, a, a director at a, at a, at a little small um, liberal arts school reach, reach out to me and was like, I quote your podcast all the time to my team, you know? Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, that's so great. And, and what's great about it is like, 
when you do hear that feedback, it's usually like a very deep, like rich thing. Cause people are choosing to listen to you for like up to a, you know, sometimes like an hour, you know, they're like, they're really invested. Um, and, and it's just, and it's, and it's so cool. I just think it's such a privilege, you know, to, uh, to be able to provide that value for, for, for people that they would have, uh, enough of a rich experience to come up to you and be like, something happened because of your podcast or, you know, I listened to it yes, for this and it's, that it's, reason. It's the ultimate compliment. Like how, <laughs> I mean, I think when people give that feedback to you, they don't understand. I try to tell them, but I'm like, this compliment, this feedback makes my whole not my whole day. It makes my whole month. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> I will, I can always reflect back and say, well, this happened because of the podcast and this is a really cool story. So yeah, I yeah. think that feedback is so special to podcasters. <laughs> yes. If you, I will, will say if you are listening to this and you like a podcast, um, definitely take a minute to leave a review, a rating, anything. Yes. Um, because what people don't do is that. like people you can tell people on your podcast up and down all day long send me an email if you want to chat like uh leave a review whatever like we really want to hear from you and and like it's it just makes our lives you know to even just hear just get any sort of feedback on (laughs) on an episode yes Uh, Uh, yes or people will send (laughs) emails to the general like marketing communications email and then like talking about the podcast and then, and it's just like, oh my gosh, like you took the time out of your day to find on our website, like the contact us <laughs> and like send yeah. that email. So it's, it is, it's really cool and special. Yeah. So where do you see like the biggest untapped potential here, like around using uh, research podcasts like this as marketing tools for, for universities? Yeah, I think, I think there's so many different, avenues that that you can go and and things that you can do with it but really just I think sometimes when you work at a a university or you work in higher ed you know you're not quite always aware of like wait slow down this is really cool I can't believe that that we're doing this or you're having a conversation with your mom or you know a, a sibling or a friend and you mention something about work and they're like wait what that that's so cool. That's so meaningful. That's, that's really going to change things for a lot of people. So I think just immersing yourself in that, in, in your university and in that culture and, you know, working with campus partners, Hey, what is, what is your school doing? What is your college doing? Um, and, and hearing their, their thoughts and, and Hey, this professor I know people say this professor's great, this professor's awesome, he's really good at this, she's really good at that. But really listening to those those resources and those people on campus who are really involved in some of these topics. Um, and maybe, you know, doing a pre-interview or, or getting some extra additional research done yourself, but like, where could we take this story or like as, as a marketing department, hey, we got this pitch about this person or this research that's being done. And then having those creative minds, you know, come up with different ideas, different video ideas of how to shoot the interview or where to shoot it. Sometimes um, sometimes that's really fun to like, where are we going to shoot it that reflects what our guest does and why it's important. And um, t- so taking, taking 
those relationships with campus partners, those um, stories that you're hearing, even on Facebook, if there's a comment, hey, you know, so-and-so is doing this and my kid said it's the best class he's ever taken. And um, I think those are a lot of resources that are right in front of us, but maybe we don't always know what to do with or we don't dig into it further. Um, so just taking time to listen and, and get some some feedback or do your additional research, like I said, to dive into that topic. And it could mm -hmm. be one of the best episodes you've ever done. And also we've done episodes that I don't necessarily think will be really successful. And sure enough, we get all this feedback and all these listens and I'm like, oh, wow, like that's, that's a super interesting component too in podcasting where, you know, sometimes if you aren't sure how an episode's going to perform and it surprises you, that's like a great takeaway too when you look at your show overall and, and how it's doing and everything. Yeah. I like what you said about just uh, talking to campus partners and finding out what, what's going on because I think it doesn't, you don't have to have a research school, um, you know, to, to take cues from, from this approach. Um, it really is about like just broadening your horizons of what storytelling is about and, and, um, and, and just getting people onto a platform that's just low pressure and, you know, you don't have to feel like, okay, this person's doing something cool. Well, now I got to like get a whole video crew and yeah. babysit this yeah. project for six months and, you know, uh, or, or we got to bring in our writer and, you know, that put yeah. it in the writing queue to like write a blog about or, or whatever. It really like, that's what I like about podcasting is just like, you're doing something cool. Quick message to you. Like, Hey, you want to come on my show? you know, and talk about that. Yes. And people are like, yeah, cool. Yes. And then we, and then we do it, <laughs> you know, and, and yeah. there's like, <laughs> you know, and, and I, I think that's, I think that's like really in terms of content marketing, that's what really takes a lot of the, the pressure off of, of, of doing storytelling on that format is it, it is, it is just very, uh, just casual. Um, and you can, you can act on those opportunities when, when someone is doing something cool. And I and think like, just like every, literally, I think literally every professor could do their own episode, or even if it's just yes. getting, it doesn't even have to be a podcast, but even just like, just sit them down for a video interview and just have them talking on camera. It doesn't have to be like fancy B-roll and it doesn't have to look like a movie, right? you know? Um, but like they, they, I'm sure have something interesting in their career that they've done that, that you can really zero in on and stop. And no, don't, don't think about it as like a, Oh, we have to find some way to market the university through this. It's really just like, just shine the light on something cool that that's happening. And it came, it came right. out of someone from your school. Um, and I think we don't give enough credit to how powerful that actually is. Absolutely. I, Yes. So, okay. So on your YouTube page, um, you, uh, you guys repurpose content a lot, which I think is, uh, is cool. And that's also another great, um, uh, benefit of, of podcasting. So what do you guys have a repurposing strategy? Uh, how are those clips like distributed? How do, how do you guys think about like your YouTube page in that format? Yeah, absolutely. So we just, we're about a, um, we just, celebrated our one year birthday of creating our own YouTube page, branching off from the official, you know, Purdue University account. We were posting all of our podcast clips on there. Um, and then, you know, we really wanted to dive into 
focusing on podcast content because, you know, from a 30 minute episode, from an hour long episode, there's all these amazing nuggets that you can pull. And if people don't want to listen to the full thing, they can hear the three minute clip that the guest said about X topic. So right. we had all this amazing video because we were, you know, utilizing the video strategy, whether it's virtual or in person on campus. Um, and then also like our YouTube team and our, our paid team has, you know, all this data about YouTube shorts. That's the, that's the greatest thing. That's the next best thing. You know, we got to mm -hmm. get in on that. Um, so we had all, all this great data to show us what we should be doing. Um, so from there, and you know, you can kind of tell in the interview, I'm like that, that's a quote or that's, that's a snippet I'm going to use, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so anything that stands out to you in the interview, but creating those kind of like snack sized content bits for social media. Um, again, if you're, if you're on YouTube and you don't want to listen to the whole episode or watch the whole video interview, you can just simply click on, on a clip that that's a little bit shorter. Um, so, you know, we put a lot of time and effort um, into our social media strategy. So our trailer video is kind of just that, like a movie trailer. It's previewing the episode. So we're taking like the best little snippets from the guest and piecing that together for a minute long clip. Um, and so while it's going on YouTube, it's also going on all of our social platforms. Mm. Um, That's a great then, idea. That's a great way to... Um uh launch an, an episode as make a little trailer yeah and it's and i always say it's it's a what are we choosing for this that is going to make people click and want to listen to the whole thing so um we have this i'm so excited about it we have an upcoming athletics episode coming out and one of the guests in it says well do you want to know the real story and i'm like that Boom. needs to be the opening <laughs> thing for every possible yeah. clip that we do. Like, I mean, it's, it was just gold. And as soon as I heard it, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is like, because I've never had a guest say that. Well, I don't know. Do you want to hear the real behind the scenes story or and I'm like, yeah, that's exactly why we're here. Right. Um, <laughs> so yeah. just knowing that there's those moments um, and knowing that, you know, anything you can do to hook them. Um, and get get those people on social or get those people on YouTube to either subscribe to the YouTube page, go to the full um, interview. That's that's a lot of you know our strategy, and it's been evolving. You know, lately our YouTube team is like short shorts. That's where it's at. So we're taking those one to three minute YouTube clips and 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 kind of scrapping those and focusing on creating like three YouTube shorts instead. And so mm. again, that's a minute and or under. So how can I cut certain things to help my video producer get it under a minute? Whereas if their full thought is a three minute long answer to the question or a three minute long thought. Um, so that's been kind of fun and challenging to to think about how can we cut this um, to, to make it a short and make it shorter content for people. Um, so yeah, and then of course all the trends that the Instagram Reels, TikTok, YouTube Shorts, um, you have all that great trending stuff that you can play around mm -hmm. with. Well, I noticed that y you're even starting to create content for that channel that's not from the podcast. So I noticed you did the, um, what's the trend? The, uh, of, of course, you know, I'm a podcast yes. host. Of course, I'm <laughs> blah, 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 blah. 
I thought that was awesome. that was super cute. Um, it's a, and uh, so yeah. What what's what's that been like? Where where does that kind of stuff fit in the strategy? Yeah, it's grown a ton. So obviously, you know, YouTube Shorts are are fairly new. Um, and you know, Purdue made the decision we don't have a TikTok account, so we really went all in on um, Instagram Reels. And then again, that repurposing strategy of wait a minute, if we have an Instagram Reel, we can put this on YouTube as well as a short. So, um, but also knowing what makes sense for a real versus what makes sense to, to try on as a YouTube short. So, um, yeah, that's a great example. I did a, a real and, and a short for this instance of, you know, I'm a podcast host. Of course I love, you know, having these, these headphones on, like, is it really an episode without them? Yeah. <laughs> um, and playing, you know, kind of like, you know, teasing, making a little bit of, of yeah. fun at um, being a podcast host. So uh, that was a trend that, you know, we saw a lot of students doing with their content. We saw a lot of um, just companies, brands doing it. So we did that. Um, another good one was back in the day, we, that Pedro Pascali meme of him eating pizza. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, I've used that, that one too. It's been a minute, but yeah. So we did an interview. Um, the president of Pizza Hut is a Purdue alum. He graduated from our business school. So yeah. uh, we went to Pizza Hut to shoot the interview, obviously. And then we were like, we have to use this meme. Like it came out at the perfect time of when we were releasing the episode. So um, we played, we did this big play on I love pineapple on my pizza. I might um, be causing some drama there, depending yeah. on what side you're on. But, um, I asked the president of Pizza Hut, you know, like, is, is pineapple a good topping on pizza? And that got a ton of engagement. Um, we had the Pedro meme up as a YouTube short of like me waiting around to hear if pineapple is an appropriate, you know, <laughs> topping on pizza. I'm sure it was a lot better than that. I'm just paraphrasing, but, um, it, it was a way to, to take that trending content and have it apply, you know, to the podcast. And sometimes it's luck, right? But sometimes, um, you know, I saw the of course strategy or, or um, of course trend going around and I'm like, I'm going to capitalize off this. I'm going to shoot this and let's, you know, see what happens. And if it's, um, if we can piece it together and post it and it ended up great. So there's another reel and short that we did um, with one of our old, he was a former Purdue NFL quarterback. And so it was really simple. It was just him throwing a football. And we're like, give us like three tips on how to throw a football. And now when you Google how to throw a spiral, that's on Google's first page, our YouTube short with this um, quarterback, Curtis Painter. So we've, again, it's kind of like what's going to take off and resonate with the audience. And maybe we, we've produced some that we think are really cool and fun and they don't take off. Um, but it's been really fun to see that strategy grow. And um, again, all of all of the team members contributing all these great ideas and, hey, I saw this, what about this? Um, and how could we tie that into the episode and into this short? So it's been, um, it's honestly just all about experimenting. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. So I would love to, I've been doing, I've been kind of on a, uh, on a failure kick lately. Um, I posted a, a poll on LinkedIn about like uh, something about st 
you know, stories of, of failure. And, and then, and then I've, I've followed up with those people, uh, and, and I've had some people in, uh, that I've done video interviews with just telling me stories of, of marketing failure. Um, and, and those have been, those have gotten some good traction. So I want to know, uh, can you tell me a moment where something didn't go right on the podcast? Yeah, I was thinking through this one. Um, so we have had a, a guest not show up, just like complete no show. <laughs> and we had everything set up and these oh. setups take, you know, hours. Yeah. And it was all miscommunication. It was all good. I mean, they felt so terrible. Like I, I know, Oh gosh. you know, yeah. things happen. Life happens, right? Um, so that was one. But the other one that um, it goes back to that, that uh, episode that's coming out soon that I was just talking about. Um, we have an episode with three members of our women's basketball team who won the 1999 NCAA championship. So it's 25 years later. We're reflecting on it. They all live in different places. Um, so how could we get all three together? It was a virtual interview situation. Um, and the night before, one of the women said, I have a flight to catch, like my plans changed. Can we postpone? Can we change the time? Um, and it ended up that she did the interview from the airport. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, this is going to be a disaster. <laughs> like, there's yeah. going to be all this background noise. There's going to be, you know, she's going to be short on time. It the the value of having the three women together to reflect and discuss and their relationships and their friendships it was it was so important to the episode like was the audio perfect of her at the airport no was mm -hmm. but it wasn't really it wasn't bad to be honest she had headphones plugged in um her audio was clear and and i heard some background noise at the time but you know when we downloaded the track i was like hey this is this is pretty good. And the, again, the value of having the three women together was more important than if her audio was, you know, a tiny bit fuzzy or there was a little yeah. bit of background noise. Um, so that was a failure that turned into, you know, at the time I was really stressed about it or, you know, how are we going to make this work? But that, so that's a failure that turned into, you know, so something that was essentially good. Um, she did have to leave a little bit early. <laughs> <laughs> it cut out a little bit early because her plane was boarding, but you know, um, that, that those are two things that, as I was reflecting on this question, um, those those came to my head for sure. Yeah, I I, th I think it's okay for the guest to have poor quality audio, but I think there's in my mind there's less forgiveness for like the hosts, like the host should have good yes. audio, and then I think it's expected that these guests are just virtual, they're kind of wherever, um, you know. I had a uh, one of my favorite uh, podcasts, like weird, funny moments was like, I, I was interviewing um, uh, a content, content uh, manager at, at a university and why I started asking if like, do you have a hard stop? Um, because we're like kind of wrapping up the episode, but like kind of like mid, mid question, you know, like still kind of we're, we haven't gotten to the outro yet. Um, and she's like, oh my gosh, I'm supposed to be in a, another meeting right now. She's like, I am so sorry. I have to go. <laughs> so she had to jump off. And then I had to like, uh, and then I had to like, um, sort of like, uh, record something that sounded like I was like wrapping it up, you know, like, okay, well, thanks for being here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so, totally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sometimes yeah. I'm sure you've had experiences too where like the guest maybe doesn't open up as much as you wanted or, you know, you, yes. you ask a question and the answer is like 15 seconds and you're like, okay, I guess I'll move on to the next question. <laughs> like, there's yeah. always going to be some of those awkward moments or like, oh, could you expand on that? You know, and some people just that's not part of their personality or they're not really like verbose. So, um, I've had those too. (laughs) Yeah. I find that that's where I find like the pre-interview helps a lot. Um, as you can kind of, you can at least get a sense for like, how are they, what's their, what's their mode of operation here and like how they answer questions. And then you can kind of course correct and like prepare for that. I've had guests, I've had guests be really, um, short and I'm like, man, I wish I had, uh, thought of like double the amount of questions, you know, <laughs> so that I actually have more things to ask because yeah. we're, we're burning through these questions here. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I've been through. Yep. I've had that experience for sure. <laughs> well, Kate, this has been super fun. Uh, thank you so much for, uh, for being here and take, taking us behind the scenes a little bit. Um, where obviously for people listening, go listen to the, uh, this is Purdue, uh, podcast and go subscribe to their YouTube channel. I am the, I am the 556th subscriber. Uh, so, uh, Yay. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you. So John. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, so, so where can people connect with you at? Yeah, absolutely. I'm on, um, I'm on LinkedIn, Kate Young, um, you can read, you know, more about my bio or, and of course, listen to the podcast, learn more about the podcast at purdue.edu slash podcast. And then I'm also on Twitter or X, whatever people are calling it these days. Um, mm-hmm. Kate M young on there. And I also like to discuss podcasts, love is blind, even maybe, uh, and Taylor Swift on, on Twitter. So <laughs> I want to do a, I want to do like an episode that's like completely off topic. And I think we should just do a love is blind recap and just talk about the who's who. So <laughs> maybe I'll, maybe I'll start hey, like a side. Please invite me on that. Yeah. I'll start a side podcast for like the higher ed, the, the real higher ed people who like want to talk about like real, like cool stuff. <laughs> like, you know, let's come over here and talk about love is blind or like, let's unpack the bachelor or something like that. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, I was recently on my friend's podcast and, um, they were asking me, I came on as like the Taylor Swift correspondent, like, okay, when <laughs> she first appeared at Travis's game back in September, we did an episode and like, is this fake? What is this? And then we just did a, an episode, uh, for the Super Bowl. Um, of oh, cool. all the different Taylor Swift theories, what she might wear, who she might be with in her suite. Um, so that was really fun. So that's awesome. Love all the pop culture ties. <laughs> yes, me too. All right. Well, thanks so much for being here. We appreciate it. Thank you. It was, it was a blast. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. Three things I want to give you before you go. Number one, reminder to sign up for my free weekly newsletter all about creating content that resonates emotionally with your audience. And you can do that at unveiled.tv slash newsletter. Unveiled is spelled U-N-V-E-I-L-D. Number two, if you've enjoyed this episode, share it with someone. Share it with your team, your boss, your dog, 
whatever. And if you're not already subscribed, I'd love for you to do that. Uh, number three, reach out to me. If you have comments, questions, you want to talk about a video project, whatever, my email is john at unveiled.tv, john is spelled J-O-H-N, or follow me on LinkedIn. If you're searching for me, my last name is spelled A-Z-O-N-I. That's all for today, and I look forward to catching you on the next episode of the Higher Ed Storytelling University Podcast. Thanks. Thanks.